You are listening to the fastest growing sports investing podcast in the world. If you're looking for no nonsense, actionable sports investing information and insight, all geared to increase your bankroll, you've come to the right place. And now, the wait is over. Direct from the real MrACL.com, this is the ACL Pod featuring Kevin Wags. I give you A C L. And with that, we are back in the ACL pod featuring the one and only Captain Wags. He is Wags. I am ACL. Twitter and the gram at the real Mr. ACL at Captain Wags, ACL sports.com for all your package needs. Podcasts are up there as well. And you can communicate with us through the website as well. We are making our way, as you know, through college football conference previews, the Power Five. We are three down. Big 10, Big 12, ACC was yesterday, today is Tuesday, and we are knocking out the Pac-12. The Pac-12 wags, <laughs> is probably the last year we're going to be able to call it the Pac-12. There might be a Pac-4 next year, maybe, yeah. I don't know, I not, doubt not it. Not looking good. Yeah, not looking good. It's going to yeah. be, uh, in all, in all uh, likelihood, the very last Pac-12 podcast. But, that said, I, I would argue that things are looking up for the Pac-12, unlike any years in the recent past, a legitimate, legitimate national title contender in USC, in my opinion, obviously Heisman Trophy there as well. I mean, to be honest, there is probably four teams here that, you know, I'm not saying legitimate. But could make the national, playoff. Yeah, could, make, yeah, yeah. could certainly make the playoff, and uh, we'll talk about all four of those teams today. We certainly will. And uh, from a scheduling perspective, we will be finishing college football previews with the SEC on Thursday. So yes. be on the lookout as the SEC drops Thursday afternoon. Okay, jumping into the Pac-12 wags, we have to certainly start with USC. Season one total 10, plus 100 if you want to go over that, minus 120 if you want to go under that. They are the favorites to win the Pac-12, plus 190 favorites to win the national championship, 16 to 1. They're about the fifth betting option on the board to make the playoff. USC plus 250. We talked about it yesterday with the ACC pod. I would argue, unless some crazy things happen, if USC wins this conference, they're almost certainly going to get in because of the star power, if anything else, of Caleb Williams. They want them in that playoff. So I would argue if you if you think USC is going to win this conference, go ahead and take them to make the playoff plus 250. Uh, Wags, your general overall thoughts on this USC team headed into the year, the season win total of 10 as the favorites to win the Pac-12 here. Yeah, they should be the favorites. Uh, Lincoln Riley's USC, look, they're the team to beat this year. They went 11-2 and two last year, 11-3 and three overall after losing the Cotton Bowl 46-45 to Tulane. What a game. Yeah, amazing game. Um, they returned 17 starters, eight of those on offense. Um, honestly, offensively, they might – get 500 yards of offense every game. They are going to average over 40 points a game. They have the clear Heisman favorite in their quarterback, Caleb Williams, who threw for over 4,500 yards last year, 42 touchdowns, only five interceptions. He's an absolute powerhouse. He does lose his top receiver in Jordan Addison, but Taj Washington, Mario Williams, Brendan Rice all return. This unit should eat and eat 
and eat. They do lose Travis Dye at running back, but again, they have three of the next four top rushers returning. Um, it's only a matter of who will step into those shoes. So, you know, I think USC's offense is certainly going to be, you know, um, you know, the typical Lincoln, Lincoln Riley offense. And, and, you know, they're getting eight guys back, their quarterback, their studs um, for the most part, they should be again, putting up 500 yards of offense every game defensively. They return nine should improve immensely on this side of the football. While they'll be on the field a lot just because of their offense. Um, I suspect they're, you know, because they're scoring quickly, obviously they'll be out on the field a lot, but they're going to have the ability to get the ball back, make teams kick. And again, get that offense back on the field to score again. They're not going to be perfect, but it should be enough. Um, you know, at least in my opinion, they'll be in the PAC 12 championship schedule wise. They do have some tough games, but overall not, terribly tough they'll have to go to south bend but again you know i i just think they have the athletes to to kind of um beat a notre dame team that that is sound um and does have hartman but um yeah i i like usc they come home to play utah um you know right after that and then you know after that november November 11th at Oregon. That's going to be kind of the the tough game there. If they can get past Notre Dame and then Utah, um, you know, a team they lost to twice last year. So that one's going to be, you know, a a major um, focus for them this year. That Oregon game is going to be really, really big late in the year to basically a make it or break it game for the playoffs. Now they could still get in the PAC 12 title, but a late loss at Oregon could you know, basically get them out of that playoff because it's a late loss there. ACL, what's your take here on USC? Yeah, you mentioned some of those games. Here are the look-ahead lines, the game-of-the-year lines on a couple of those. At Notre Dame, they're currently pick them. Home versus Utah, they're minus 6.5. At Oregon, they are dogs. They're plus 1. Home UCLA, minus 10.5. Now, look, this is a team that's going to start 3-0. and Arguably the easiest schedule in the country for a team of this caliber to start. San Jose State, Nevada, Stanford, all at home. And then they get a buy. San Jose State, they're minus 30. Nevada, they're minus 38. Stanford, they'll be around the same number. That local headline is not out yet. So if you're going over this 10, they're, they're going to be 3-0. So it's basically a nine-game schedule. They have to win eight of those nine games to go over this number. Two of those games, they're either pick them or, plus, or, uh, or uh, the underdog. At Oregon, they're actually plus one. So keep that in mind. The number one stat wags, as I mentioned in every single podcast, turnover differential for me. If you look at the turnover differential chart from last year and years past, this USC team had the number one turnover differential last year at plus 22, which is off the charts high. I've looked back over the past decade, one of the highest plus turnover differentials in college football history last year. To give you some context for that, they were plus 22 in turnovers last year. The next highest team was Duke at plus 16. Yep. Second place was Duke. So in a six turnover difference from first to second. I, I will say this, though, to that point, and I completely agree. And, and a lot of the times the turnovers and when you see a differential that high, it's just absolutely bonkers. Now, it is. And, and the reason is Caleb Williams. He turned the ball over five times last year, at least through five interceptions. Sure. Now, you know, he is a talent that's not going to turn the ball over that much. This offense is that potent. Um, now, do I expect them to be at a plus 22? 
Probably not, um, but I do see that number coming down, but not not terribly too much. I, I, I honestly don't – I think this is like one of those outliers where, um, you know, I could see their turnover di- – turnover differential being at somewhere uh, 15 or higher. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, it comes down a little bit, but it's because Caleb Williams is an absolute monster, takes care of the ball. This offense, these guys are going to be open. It's the Lincoln Riley mindset. Now next year, that might be a time where, you know, Caleb Williams is out. They got a new, you know, um, you know, likely going to be um, who Miller Moss, someone like that coming in next year. Who's a sophomore. So it just depends on on who that guy is uh, next year, who steps up, and can we trust that guy? Likely not as trustworthy as someone like Caleb Williams. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason he won the Heisman, and he's the favorite to repeat. Absolutely. So the first time that would have happened uh, in about 40 years or so. So um, a lot to like about this USC team. We mentioned the schedule, about the 50th most difficult schedule in the country those first three games, obviously cupcakes, then they get their bye. They do have five Pac-12 home games, which is which is really important. So if, if you're kind of penciling in, I'll say penciling in, home wins uh, as far as in conference, the at Notre Dame, at Oregon, uh, and certainly home game versus Utah, a team that you mentioned, Wags, they lost to twice last year, are probably going to decide this win total. I, I would be surprised if they fall off, you know, and – hit that eight and four mark, something like that, barring an injury to Caleb Williams. I mean, I, I, I haven't played this one total, but it's certainly 11 and one is doable. I think 10 and two is, is it's kind of the more likely the, probably the high tail on them. Yep. Right. Which is why you see it's almost minus one ten on both sides on that 10. It, it just feels right. Uh, given, I do believe there's going to be some regression from last year, but yeah. I mean, to your point, right? Like, well. yeah, the, the schedule, right. They're going to start off three and O likely going to start off six and O going yeah. into Notre Dame on the road. Um, they have five road games at Arizona state win at Colorado win at Notre Dame. Obviously we hey, talked about that's yeah. going to be pick them at Cal. That's a win. And then the at Oregon game. So they have two very difficult games. However, just one of those is going to be a conference game. Um, the Notre Dame game, obviously they're an independent. So, um, you know, other than that, Utah and Washington, both at home, you know, uh, yeah, it, they'll be, um, you know, they should be slight favorites in both of those games. And, um, yeah, I suspect USC to have at least, you know, they, sh- they should have double-digit wins. Let's put it that way. But, you know, I, I, I probably – most of my power ratings, most of my rankings, and 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 how I um, kind of go through the season have them with ten wins, not eleven. Yeah, yeah. but also not nine. That. So, Wags, well, they also brought in the one and only from Arizona, Cliff Kingsbury. Woo-hoo. He is now the offense. He's not the EOC. He's the offensive assistant. Uh, yeah. we'll see. Basically, giving him a, a little. <laughs> <laughs> resume boost if he if he even needs that but yeah i mean it's probably just I something for him to do yeah I, I, you know that's a good, a good point right i mean it's not to me it's it's not a helper right the you have lincoln riley you have right. one of the best offenses you know in the country they they've produced last year if anything it's going to be a distraction so uh yeah. you know we'll, we'll kind of keep an eye on caleb williams production um you know I guess, you know, more focused at that Notre Dame game. I'm a little surprised, to be honest, that that, um, you know, that USC isn't a slight favorite, even even though it is at Notre Dame. Yeah, I think that number moves as we get closer. Yep. Um, yeah, Cliff Kingsbury, the guy that couldn't win with Patrick Mahomes in college. 
Unreal. <laughs> Unreal. All right. Moving along, Wags. The Utah Utes, the Kyle Whittingham-led Utah Utes in his 19th season. His record over there is straight up 154 and 74 overall for Kyle Whittingham. ATS, 125 and 100. So this guy's been over there printing money both on the money line and on the ATS side. For Utah, obviously they were in the Pac-12 title game last year. They beat USC 47 to 24, winning that again, defending back-to-back conference champion season win total. Utah eight and a half. Again, sorry, this was the team that went nine and three last year in the regular season. I forgot to mention that season win total this year down a little bit, eight and a half plus one twenty. If you want to go over minus one forty on the under, I am seeing a couple eights pop in the market with the juiced with a juiced over. So either that eight or eight and a half is sort of the sweet spot for their number to win this conference six to one to win the national championship 70 to one and to make the college football playoff Utah 10 to one wags for me. I can't touch this win total. And it's a very simple reason why cam rising. I like him. I know you were very high on him as well. I don't know when he's going to be playing. So he obviously had the injury in the, in the bowl game last year, all indications all summer were that they were planning to make him available and he would be ready for the opener against Florida on, on August 31st, where they're currently minus seven and a half at home. Some reports came out over the last week or so that he's not going to be playing in that game. And we've seen that number drop from Florida was around plus 10. And now I'm seeing again, plus eight, plus seven and a half in the market, only because speculation is rampant that Cam Rising will not be playing in that game. Uh, and he might not be available for the at Baylor game as well in week two. So if he's not playing, and either of those first two games, obviously they get Weber State at home week three. So you figure if he's not playing in the first two, they might hold him out for that game too. Uh, a huge, huge adjustment for my numbers if he's out for any extended period of time. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about it. I mean, the fact is that Cam Rising, um, you know, obviously I've been high on him. Uh, you know, I think it was either last year or the year prior that I had him winning the yeah. Heisman on, I mean, on, on a very, very, you know, long shot ticket. Um, their most efficient and effective player in, in my opinion, was, was not Cam Rising. It was Dalton Kincaid. Um, Dalton Kincaid is no longer there. Um, for those who know and play fantasy, um, he is now the tight end for, the Buffalo Bills. Um, they do return 16 starters, seven of those on offense, nine on defense. Um, you know, they, they lose some kind of, uh, you know, in my opinion, some players that uh, could be kind of key here. And especially, as you mentioned, if, if Cam Rising cannot get back in time, they might be struggling early in the year. And, and again, that, that game against Florida, which, you know, they're certainly, we're going to, in my opinion, you know, basically there was a, a penciled in W for them with, with, with cam rising, even though they did lose last year in the swamp, um, Florida lost some key players. They're going to be down a bit this year. Um, you know, Utah at home and in that environment at Salt Lake city, um, just not something Florida is used to dealing with. And, and, you know, frankly, their schedule after that, you know, they have to play at Baylor, Weber state, UCLA, um, you know, not, not terribly difficult, but also, you know, not necessarily the worst. Um, yeah, I think it's all going to come down to defense. They're, you know, uh, they're, they get nine on defense. They should have one of the top defenses in the country. Um, they're going to, they're probably going to be, you know, as far as, um, you know, USC's biggest tests, they, 
the it's the Utah defense that's going to really kind of have a chance to slow them down a little bit in the Pac-12. Um, so you know, to me, um, you know, that's going to be interesting. I believe they get USC. Um, they have to go on the road, but USC the the week prior has Notre Dame, so that's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, the guy to replace. Dalton Kincaid, a tight end, is actually um, a pretty solid guy. His name is uh, Thomas Yasmin. Um, could be kind of like a, a shoe-in, kind of filling in those shoes for Kincaid. I think he's he's actually Australian. They got him. They got a few transfers at receiver. So if Cam Rising can get back, and if, if he is healthy, um, I would certainly be taking a hard look at the Utah over. But like you said, um, ACL without that knowledge, without knowing right now, you kind of have to lay off the number because, um, you know, they got a red shirt freshman quarterback right behind Cam Rising. You can't trust a guy like that. Um, even if he is legit and Brandon Rose, it's going to be, um, you know, a tough ask of him, especially to open up the uh, season against Florida. You never know, um, you know, people, uh, how they're going to react. Is he going to come out? Uh, firing on all cylinders, or is he kind of going to kind of back into his shell? So um, we're going to have to definitely take a close look there. Um, but yeah, I think if Cam Rising's back, they should be kind of, it should favor Utah. I could see a possible Pac-12 rematch here with Utah and USC. I could as well. I mean, there's a lot for me to like about this Utah team, 16 returning starters, seven on offense, nine on defense, including Cam Rising if he's back. But when you talk about him being outwags, I, I, the schedule to me is is difficult. They they have to play USC, Washington, Oregon State all on the road, and then they play those two now I would argue tricky games versus Florida and Baylor. So that's to to start the year. Um, when you go down their schedule at Oregon State, they're minus two and a half on the look ahead at USC plus six and a half home Oregon minus two and a half around that number at Washington. Their dogs they're plus three. So when you're talking about playing an over eight and a half, there's not a lot of margin for error there. They can only lose three games if you're, if you're playing the over. So I, I have so much respect for Kyle Whittingham as a coach and what he's done there. It's certainly not a team that I want to go under with. Uh, again, just not knowing when Cam Rising's coming back. But um, Crazy to think he's been there for almost 20 years. It really is. Really is. Yep. And I don't see him going anywhere anytime soon. I mean, again, no, 154 no, no. and 74. So yeah. certainly done a lot of good there. But 20 and 8 in the last two years. Yeah. You know? Back-to-back conference championships. So it'll be interesting to see what Utah winds up doing with the whole realignment coming next year. Um, but, yeah, as far as win totals, conference futures, and all that for Utah, certainly wait and see for now. But do take a look at that game against Florida week one because that number is on the move. Speculation that Cam Rising is going to be out. All right. We move along in the conference, Oregon Ducks whack. Now, we touched on the Oregon Ducks a little bit in our mid-year pod a couple months ago. So if you want some more info on Oregon, certainly go take a listen to that pod. came out a couple months ago, uh, and we gave you a free play on Oregon just to recap some of their numbers here. Season win total, 9.5 plus 100 if you want to go over now, minus 120 if you want to go under. To win the conference, they are 3-1. to one. Win the national title, they are 40-1. to one. To make the college football playoff, Dan Landing in his second season, six to one. This was a team wags that went nine and three in the regular season last year, ten and three if you count their one point bowl win, a really good game in the Holiday yes. Bowl against North Carolina, twenty eight to twenty seven. 
the boat Knicks experience is back, baby. How? Bo How? It's How many bad. years does this guy get? Seriously, lots of Heisman tickets that I have talked to people out there sort of thinking the long shot might come in this year on the Bo Nix experience. Uh, but for me, I mentioned this on, on the previous pod, four offensive linemen from last year are not coming back. That continuity up front that kept him clean last year and able to throw for 29 touchdowns and just seven picks. A fantastic year for him by all accounts. Uh, the schedule definitely tightens up a little bit this year at Texas Tech to in uh, week two whether around minus three, I, I certainly could see that being a difficult game. And then Washington, they're a dog, plus one and a half. At Utah, they're a dog, plus one and a half. Get USC at home, it's minus two. That's probably going to close closer to pick them, in my opinion. And then finish the year, Oregon State at home, uh, minus seven right now. So a lot of moving parts for this Oregon team up front and a more difficult schedule, in my opinion, as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. Look, the Ducks return 16 players, eight on offense, eight on defense. Um, you mentioned second-year coach Dan Lanning, the old defensive coordinator from Georgia. He's looking to repeat what he did or even improve on what he did finishing 10-3 and three last year, double-digit wins. Um, you mentioned that great game in the Holiday Bowl with the 28-27 win over UNC. Um, Bo Nix, man, it's like, you know, you say it a lot of, you know, at least I feel like I'm saying it a lot, but – Man, he seems like he's been in college for so long. Um, not just him. There's so many players that I'm just like, how is he back? And we'll talk about Michael Penix Jr. Um, you know, next year uh, or not next year, next uh, next team we talk about with Washington. Um, they also bring back their top four rushers in addition to Bo Nix, um, three of their top four receivers. So they'll likely be putting up you know big numbers on offense again. Defensively, they return eight. Uh, Pretty good for a defensive coach. Should see some improvement on the back end um, with linebacker in the secondary. No doubt that this team can compete in the for the Pac-12 um, and potentially, you know, contend for a Pac-12 championship. Um, and if that's not enough, their schedule is pretty appetizing. Ranked in the bottom half of college football, the easy games and the reason why their schedule is as you know as I say, um, ranking in that bottom half. Those easy games are cupcakes. The mediocre games, you know, kind of in the middle, they're all winnable. Um, but, and the big but here and kind of why, um, you know, I'm not necessarily, well, I'm certainly not taking an over ticket. Um, they have Washington and Utah on the road. They also have to play USC. And while it's a home game, it's a tough ask. So basically the question here is, do you think that Oregon beats every team that they should including kind of those middle-of-the-road teams. You mentioned Texas Tech um, on the road. And if you think so, then do you also think that they could beat Washington, USC, and Utah? Right. And if they win all of those games, you know, yeah. But, I, you know, the Washington-Utah-USC game, if you think they can win one of those games, then, okay, they have to win, they have to win the rest in order to get their, you know, over ticket to cash. Not going to happen. Um, you know, the easier one of these games is Washington, but that's on the road. It's a tough place to play. Um, and again, we'll talk about Washington right out of, after this, but it's, you know, it's a tall task for a second year coach, even though, you know, he, he's got the defense at the helm. Um, you know, to, it's a large, large ass to win on the road at Texas tech on the road at Washington on the road at Utah and also have to play USC. I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, it's going to be a tough one. 
Yeah, and remember last year, Wags, uh, Oregon started the year off against Georgia. A lot of hype in Dan Landing's first game against his old team, blah, blah, blah. They were plus 17 against Georgia. They lost 49 to 3. So um, that was something that that I recalled from last year. And then, look, they went on a, a, a run, right? They won every single game before they lost uh, a close one to Washington in week 10, 37 to 34. So uh, I think we're going to find out a lot about this Oregon team at Texas Tech. Week two, September 9th, certainly not going to be an easy game. As of now, they're currently giving minus three and a half in that game. All right, the final team we're going to touch on here in depth, Wags, the Washington Huskies, led by Kayla Nabor, 10-2 and two last year in the regular season, 11-2 and two if you count their, their Alamo Bowl win, 27-20 to 20 as a plus three dog versus Texas, again, that we were on. Uh, Washington plus the points and the money line, they won that game outright. Season win total, Washington. Nine or nine and a half uh, is certainly a number out there. There are nines at minus 110, uh, both sides. If you want to go over nine and a half for some more plus money, you can do that as well. Plus 125, I know DraftKings has that on the over, minus 145 if you want to go under. To win the conference, they are plus 320. To win the national championship, Washington, 40 to 1. To make the college football playoff, plus 650. Wags, I am... Very high on Kalen DeBoer, one of my favorite coaches in the entire uh, in, in the entire country. I love what he did. I mean, last year he came in uh, replacing Jimmy Lake, arguably the one of the the best kind of coaching improvements, if you will, at head coach for any team in the country. Going from Lake to DeBoer, that he takes a four and eight team in twenty twenty one and gets them to eleven and two, following year in a legitimate national championship contender, in my opinion, this year for Washington. It's it's almost ACL like you took my notes, okay? Um, but I did not, was, I promise. Yeah, no, no, no. He certainly did not. Uh, look, another team returning a lot of guys, 15 starters, 7 on O, eight 8 on D, finished 11-2 and two last year. Um, Kalen DeBoer, I'm a big, big believer in him. Not only did he lead Fresno to a 12-6 and six record in two seasons when he was there prior to Washington, but he took Sioux Falls in the NAIA, to a six, yep, to a sixty-seven and three record. It, <laughs> he lost three times. In, yeah, um, he won three titles in five years. He's ninety and eleven in one hundred and one games as a head coach in college football. Um, pretty darn remarkable. Um, Twenty-three in the FBS. I do want to point that out. Um, again, the NAIA, not FBS. Um, so yeah, I mean. Washington loses their top running back, Wayne Talapapa, um, but they return their next three running backs. So I expect Cameron Davis to step up, step into that role without missing a beat. He'll likely even be um, an exceed Wayne Talapapa. Um, but most impressive and importantly is their return of their starting quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., um, who threw for over 4,600 yards last year, which was more than Caleb Williams, by the way. Yep. 31 touchdowns, eight interceptions. He also gets back his entire receiving core. Um, this offense will put up over 40 points a game, um, and they might actually be the most fun offense to watch, you know, between them and USC in the Pac-12. I mean, those offenses, if you're up late at night and you want to see some fireworks, those are the games to watch, um, you know, I took a look at the Heisman um, list, and you know, you mentioned Bo Nix. Um, he's sixteen to one. So is Michael Penix um, Jr. Also sixteen to one. Um, you know, which would you I'm, rather take between those uh, two? 
I mean, I would be taking Michael Penix Jr. all day. Yeah. I I just love the offense he's in. You see what he did last year under first year um, coach Kalen DeBoer. Now he's got another year under his belt. He has all of his receivers back. Um, I just think that's a recipe for success. I'm high on Washington. Yes, they do have a slightly difficult schedule. They open up against Boise, but I will say it's at home, right? First game of the season on the road for Boise. Boise is a home team. They play really well at home. They're going to be good this year. Um, but again, they'll, they'll, I think Washington. Minus 14 and a half yeah, Washington for that exactly. game. Exactly. So, so 14 points. Pencil it in. Pencil in the W. Uh, Tulsa at Michigan State. Michigan State's, again, they're not going to be the same team that they were or have been. So um, this team li- likely starts off 5-0. and then they come off a bye and they get Oregon at home. Um, Oregon also off a bye. I want to make sure that's clear. But a home game, Washington, Oregon gets them at home. Um, that game should be uh, pretty, pretty awesome to watch. But, you know, I, I just think Washington's offense is, is going to be really, really good this year. Um, and then after that, Arizona State at home, Stanford on the road, and then they have to go to USC and get Utah. They, they, that at USC and then home against Utah then back out, uh, you know, at Oregon that's the State. Stretch. Yeah, that's, that's the, the stretch. stretch, and it's at the end of the year, so yep. um, that's going to be interesting. It could be, you know, a um, eight no team going into those last three games, those three of the last four games, um, you know, and, and that's going to be really the telling part of their season. I uh, I completely agree with all that. The um, I, I I think that they probably start off five and zero, like you said. Home Oregon, their favorites around two and a half or three. Home Utah, they're around minus three right now. At Oregon State, they're minus two and a half. So I mean, on these look ahead lines, uh, they are projected to go over this this nine win uh, season total mark right now. So, we'll- all right, Wags, those are four of the top teams in the Pac-12 conference this year. Certainly. Uh, eight other teams that are interesting. One more of those teams that we will talk about as part of the free play for this podcast. But certainly we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the elephant in the room in the Pac-12 conference this year, Colorado. If you haven't heard, Deion Sanders is, is uh, joining the Pac-12 as the head Who? coach of Colorado. Exactly. Prime. <laughs> coach Prime, baby. Um, yeah, I mean, look, 1-11 last year, a complete, and I mean complete, overhaul of this team transfer portal, bringing in all kind of guys. His son's a quarterback getting some Heisman talk apparently, which is funny because they're not going to win a ton of games this year, most likely. Um, but yeah, Colorado season win total has been getting steamed under. This was a team that was one and 11 last year. You can get three and a half out there on the market. Now there were some fours that popped uh, down to three and a half earlier, but yeah, plus 21 at TCU week one. And then they play Nebraska where they're double-digit dogs at home this year. So um, certainly I think it's an upgrade from what you've seen. I, I also think it's probably going to take a year or two for this Buffalo's team to really uh, improve from their 1-11 start. Yeah, I mean, 1-11 and and that one win in overtime against Cal. Um, my max play last year was Colorado under three wins. That hit. Um, it did. By uh, by a good margin, one yeah, one might say. Well, yeah, by uh, <laughs> by two full games. So, yes. um, fact is, look, yeah, I, I think it's a big get for Colorado to get Deion Sanders there. Um, yeah, certainly the hype, right? I mean, just just alone is big enough to get you know 
the recruiting door open for Colorado, bringing over a ton of transfers, including his son, quarterback Shador Sanders. We'll see how they are. Um, you know, I think the big issue here is, you know, again, first year head coach is Dion for real. You know, he was, uh, uh, nobody really knows, right? Like there's the hype is there and obviously he's built the hype and all of that. Um, you have a very difficult schedule. You know, you open at TCU, you have Nebraska, Colorado state at Oregon, USC. I mean, things are not necessarily, um, you know, helping the situation here to, to go over. I think the hype, Vegas is, 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 you know, using that hype to, to elevate this win total people. I I've seen people on, you know, people tweet some of these, the big analysts or whoever, Hey, who's your sleeper as far as like national championship. And people are talking about Colorado and I'm just like, save national championship for the country like to win it all. Maybe for the state, if you call Colorado (laughs) a nation and, you know, but, uh, You know, they'll have a tough time possibly even beating Colorado State. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, come on. It's it's I get the hype. I understand people in Colorado, Colorado fans excited. Don't get excited this year. I, I just don't see it, um, you know, for Colorado uh, outside of Colorado. Some of the other teams that, you know, we haven't really chatted too much about. You're looking at Stanford, um, the Stanford Cardinal. Don't don't. <laughs> Stop your dad, Stanford Cardinal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the the win total is three, which matches the returning starters on offense three <laughs> and re- defense three for first year head coach Troy Taylor. Um, uh, it's going to take Troy some some growing pains here at Stanford. And by the way, Stanford, I don't think they were even asked to join a conference outside of the Pac twelve. Yeah. So, which is so interesting because this is a a college a university wags that has produced John Elway, Andrew Luck and Christian McCaffrey. Yep. And look where well, they're that's at That's just now. to say, say, it's, say it's a tough. few. Um, yeah. I, yeah. It's uh it's tough. Yeah. Look, and, and you know, to, to Stanford, like they, they have to take guys that are, are well-educated for the most part. Um, you know, I, having some experience in the Ivy league. Um, you know, I'm not saying St- Stanford's pretty much on par and the way that the Ivy league did it was there were four bands that you fell into as a student athlete, um, as a, you know, incoming recruit, uh, one was banned, you know, the top band, the band one or a, or whatever, however you want to call it, they could take anybody from that band, meaning that you had really good, uh, GPA, really good test scores. They can take anybody. Then there was band two where they can take most everybody band three. They can, you know, take a handful of guys. And then there was band four and band four where they can t- basically take one or two a year, which were guys that, you know, might've had a thousand on the SATs with like a 3.0 or, you know, maybe even less GPA where it was, truly like all right you get one recruit a year that like we'll bend the rules for um but that's pretty much how it worked and you know i don't see stanford being much different um you know it's kind of sad that you know they're left out i hope they do find a home um as we move forward in this uh yeah in this drama uh, i guess uh, uh, and see how that unfolds um I'm i'm glad you mentioned sanford because i put out a tweet about them the other day their season win total is three it's dropped down to two and a half in some shops and it's an interesting number because week one at hawaii sanford's minus 10 okay they're a 10 point favorite on the road versus hawaii they also in, play sacramento state exactly week yeah. three they play sacramento state now that's troy taylor's old team i'm not saying that i would even pencil that then 
uh, that in as a win at this point for Stanford, but they're going to be favored in that game. I assure you, right? So they're at home. So if you it's give them two and two and one start, that's 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 my point. So yeah. if you know chalk holds, they're two and one, and their season win total is two and a half. They have to, can you find one more win on the schedule? Well, they're going to be an underdog in every single game. So right. there's that. Uh, I mean, they so, could. I mean, look, but look, who knows could they be Colorado? Sure, of course they could. Yeah. Sure. But sure. it is on the road. It's a Friday night, right? Though it is a it's off a bye week for Stanford, so um, that that's uh, that could be it. I mean, that could be it. But I don't see could them winning it. more than three. So no. if you want to take the under, make sure you get three. Yep. If you're looking at all taking the over, make sure you get the two and a half. Shop, shop, shop. Completely agree with that. Okay, free play time. Before we hit the free play again, Twitter, Instagram at the Real Mr. ACL at Captain Wags ACL Sports dot com is the site. All the football packages are up. Four week packages for NFL or college. Combo packages for NFL and college. Full year NFL and college. If you buy a full year, you get the futures package absolutely free, which has every single season win total, conference, Super Bowl, whatever it is, future play that we make for both NFL and college both myself and captain wags all right my friend free play it is a team that we have not talked about yet but there's a team that we expect to not have a great year this year we're taking arizona we are taking the jed fish led arizona jed wildcats fish, under five so under five minus 110 is the free play that number is available at the superbook if you don't have access to the superbook DraftKings and mgm both dk and mgm have minus 120 at under five. I would still recommend that play as well. This was a team wags that vastly outperformed their win total last year and the market as well. Their season win total last year was like three. There were even some two and a half pop in late and they went five and seven in Jetfish's second year. However, they also had three net close wins, meaning games under a touchdown that very easily could have gone either way. So simply from a buy low, sell high perspective, the win total this year is very much a reflection of that season from last year where they went five and seven, that could have just as easily been two and 10. So I think that's why we're having the, we're getting, I should say the opportunity with a line here at five to play under the schedule as well. Much more difficult this year. They only have four conference home games. All those four games are versus the top teams in the league, Washington, Oregon state, UCLA, Utah. So the majority of their winnable games, in my opinion, are on the road. And two of those road games as well include USC, where they're going to be double-digit dogs, and a a tricky non-conference SEC game versus Mississippi State. So all that combined, I I just don't see this team getting to six wins, becoming bowl eligible this year. And we're in a very solid sell-high spot on Arizona here after last year, where they have to get to six wins to beat us. Arizona under five, minus 110, the free play on the Pac-12 pod. Yeah, look, obviously I like it as well. ACL and I talk about this. together before we put this out look returning three guys on defense not that great they only return uh they they lost 17 um i'm sorry they lost 13 defensive um players last year the depth isn't there let alone only returning three starters they do return eight on offense jed fish is an offensive guy so i don't expect their offensive numbers to be so poor but it's their defense their defense that um you know really is going to be the issue, especially against this schedule at Mississippi state. You mentioned a non-conference game early. Um, Yeah. They have Northern Arizona, UTEP and Stanford. Um, But other than that, there's no really gimmies on this schedule, which is why I really like 
the under here um, for the Arizona total. And again, doesn't mean that we hate the teams just because we're going under. We'll be rooting against them this year for sure. But um, it just means, look, you, you look at the schedule um, and you got to take that into account. Um, you know, Jed Fish in his third year, uh, I think he'll have some more growing pains. It's going to be tough for him to get back to five wins like he had last year. Um and a couple of close win games, right? Like, you know, yeah. North Dakota State, you know, they, they, they were actually a dog in that game and they ended up winning by three. But, you know, you, you can't, you, you got to take these things into account. I also think their number's slightly inflated because they, they beat UCLA at the end of the year when UCLA was ranked ninth in the nation. Um, and that was solely because, in my opinion, um, UCLA was so focused on USC the week after, right? They were, they were looking ahead. Arizona's uh, basically it was their Super Bowl in a sense, right? They go on the road to UCLA. They come out victorious. And by the way, UCLA went out uh, and only lost by three to USC the next week. So um, obviously a bounce back game after losing as a 20 point favorite. Um, and then Arizona, gets revenge the last week of the year last year against their in-state rival, Arizona state who had beat, who beat them. Um, I combined 108 to 22, the two years past. So, um, you know, I, I just suspect them uh, to, you know, really struggle with this schedule, which is why ACL and I both like that under five. Well said, we agree. Also, we put out a free play. I mentioned this earlier on the mid-year pod uh, from a couple months ago on a PAC 12 team. Uh, yes. So if you want to check that out, go check out the mid-year pod from a couple of months ago. Go to the free play toward the end, and you will hear the free play that we put out on one of the other teams. So that is that. All right, four down, one to go, Wax, as far as conference previews. Today's the Tuesday. conference yes. coming up. Yeah. The some SEC. might say Some might say it just means more. I just think everybody we'll says that now. We'll see. Uh, yeah, SEC Thursday. So today's Tuesday, Pac-12. Taking tomorrow, and then we are getting, uh, we're doing the uh, SEC preview on Thursday. So look for that to drop then. NFL starts next week as well with all those previews. All right. For WAGS, I'm ACL. This has been the Pac 12 Conference Preview, and we will talk to you all on Thursday with the SEC.